and welcome. You're listening to Help with Ashley Yagi, where I share shortcuts to success for optimal mental health, meaningful relationships, and living the life God is calling you to. Because don't we all need just a little help now and then? I know I sure do. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, my friends. One of my favorite sermons in the Book of Mormon is Alma the Younger's sermon on faith found in Alma 32. He says all we need is a particle of faith, and if your faith is in a good thing, if nurtured, it can grow up into a mighty tree bearing wonderful fruit. I don't know how many of you are gardeners, but I hope you can imagine with me an overgrown patch of earth. Think the secret garden, or maybe this could be found in your own backyard, who knows. But picture a densely covered spot of ground. If you plant that seed in the midst of this patch of earth, how successful do you think that sapling would be? Think about the parable of the sower, the seeds that are choked up by weeds in Mark 4, verse 7. Quote, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. End quote. Sometimes for good things to grow, we need to go in and clear some good ground to create the good ground like in the next verse, verse 8, that says, quote, and other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some an hundred, end quote. We need to get in there and clear out the weeds that we've been allowing to grow. Those things that don't serve us, that just fill up space, that clutter our lives or grow without any effort on our part. Elder Lindsay Robbins of the Seventy, in an area broadcast in 2015 that I had the great privilege of attending, said, quote, Never in the history of the world have the children of God been faced with so many options that compete for our time, attention, and other resources. Options seem endless. As of August 2014, there were over 253 million products for sale on Amazon categorized into 35 departments. There are nearly 5 million items in the clothing department alone. Imagine how this has grown since then. I can't even imagine. He continues, here are some additional statistics to think about. As you ponder the complexities of life, there are over 26 million songs to choose from on iTunes. There are over 900 cable channels available with the average American receiving 189. As of July 2015, there are over 1.5 million apps available at the Apple Store and more than that at Google Play. The average Facebook user now has 338 friends spending an average of 40 minutes each day on Facebook. Add other social media to that and time spent rises to about an hour and 45 minutes each day. And again, these are stats from seven years ago. He says, our options for entertainment, clothing, sporting activities, TV programming, video games, music lessons, cable channels, YouTube videos, iTunes songs, connections through social media, education, etc., etc. is enough to make one's head spin. In the April 2015 General Conference, Elder Oaks spoke on the parable of the sower. Some of the seeds in the parable were choked because they fell among thorns. Quote, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful, which is found in Mark 4.19. It's those other things in this verse that begin to clutter our life and decrease our joy and the effectiveness of our most important roles, husband and wife, father and mother, brothers and sisters, and our callings. Because many of you listening today are overachievers, not a bad thing, you will be tempted with too many other things or choices and attempt to do too much and overextend yourselves. 
In his book, Clutter's Last Stand, Don Aslett gives us this insight into the self-imposed slavery to things. Quote, each item we accumulate, he says, stifles us and robs us of freedom because it requires so much of our time to tend. We have to pay for it, keep track of it, protect it, clean it, store it, insure it, and worry about it. Later, we have to move it, hide it, apologize for it, and argue over it. But these things are valuable, you say? What about the value of the life and time to store, to clean, to insure, to transport, to protect? What does all that cost? More than money, end quote. And that finishes Elder Robin's words also. The words he shares give so much perspective. Our lives have truly become cluttered. There have been several conference talks in the past five or ten years about getting back to the basics of the gospel because this is a huge problem. In the recent CES Fireside by Elder and Sister Holland, they also both touched on this subject of decluttering our lives. Sister Holland said, quote, Please stop running to the point of exhaustion. Be quiet. Be still. Simplify. End quote. And Elder Holland encouraged us to, quote, Deal with the burden of transgression immediately, starting this hour, sin being the greatest enemy of hope and happiness that I know of in all the world. Go before the Lord with your confession and go before the bishop if your sin requires it, but change whatever is wrong, large or small. Repentance is the way we get a fresh start. It is the way we get an elevated future. Life is difficult enough without carrying a pack of mistakes on your back all day, every day, all night, every night. Unload that. Change anxiety for peace. Change sorrow for happiness. Christ gave his very life in order that you could be free to do that. End quote. Think how much our Savior wants us to be free of burdens. He has ever invited us and has recently urged us through his living mouthpiece on the earth to find rest in him as it says in Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30. Quote, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. End quote. I was struck by the hymn Ring Out Wild Bells as we sung it for New Year's at church. It also summarizes this concept so well. Think about what you need to let go of or let die this new year as you listen to the words. The year is dying in the night. Ring out wild bells and let him die. The year is dying in the night. Ring out wild bells and let him die. Ring out the old, ring in the new. Ring happy bells across the snow. The year is going, let him go. Ring out the false, ring in the true. The year is going, let him go. Ring out the false, ring in the true. Ring in the valiant men and free. The larger heart, the kindlier hand. Ring out the darkness of the land. Ring in the Christ that is to be. Ring out the darkness of the land, ring in the Christ that is to be. I'm going to share one more short quote about this, and then I have one more thing to touch on about our brain programming, and then we'll wrap up for today. In a talk entitled Consistent and Resilient Trust in 2019, Elder Budge said, quote, In a paradoxical way, afflictions and sorrow prepare us to experience joy if we will trust in the Lord and his plan for us. This truth is beautifully expressed by a 13th century poet, and he quotes, Sorrow prepares you for joy. It violently sweeps everything out of your house so that new joy can find space to enter. It shakes the yellow leaves from the bough of your heart so that fresh green leaves can grow in their place. It pulls up the rotten roots, 
so that new roots hidden beneath have room to grow. Whatever sorrow shakes from your heart, far better things will take their place, end quote. That poet was popularly known as Rumi, and his message is beautiful. Do we allow sorrow, pain, regret, and heartache to thoroughly sweep the unnecessary or even harmful clutter right out of our house or our life? Can we let it shake things from our heart so far better things can take their place? I think of illness coming in and you get back to the basics, right? Those very simple things that help us to care for ourselves or our family. I think of the addition of a new baby and the things that fall by the wayside and the things that take precedence. We can allow those new starts anytime in our life. Tina Peterson in 2012 taught about a concept called the battle in the brain. She said, quote, Now I'm going to tell you what I feel strongly you need to hear. The battle today between Babylon and Zion is being waged between the synapses of our brains, end quote. Of this discussion, Catherine Arvaseth said, quote, Input always travels the path of least resistance, so the second time we see the new image, it will travel the same route. And before long, the new neural pathway has been stimulated enough to desire of itself continued activation. A habit is born. After that, when the brain is not currently occupied, we long for that image. That is why we constantly check our phones or email. That is why when we have a free moment, we click onto a favorite blog, check Facebook and tweets or any other source of input that we frequent. Without realizing it, we have begun to crave these places of input hunger for them to the point where they can surreptitiously dominate our time. Tina said the only way to counterbalance this is with ancient and modern scripture. We must expose our brains repeatedly to the image or sound of God's words, printed, glowing on the page, read aloud, or discussed with friends. This is where God's spirit lives. It is where his mind and will can rise out of the texts we read or the conversations we share and filter into our lives, allowing revelation to move through us. Satan knows the physiology of our brain. He knows if he can encourage overstimulation through an overload of mundane or technical information, he can increase the odds that we will not seek more spiritual sources for input, thus making scripture study tedious. End quote. Have you experienced that tedium before? I have definitely seen this to be true for me. When I am putting other things over my scripture time, it makes wanting to dive into them a lot harder, sometimes to the point of feeling tedious. And I know that's when I need it the most. The five-minute trick works well here if you remember that from last week's episode. Tell your brain you're going to dive in for just five minutes and stimulate those neural pathways. What neural pathways do you want to be strengthening, feeding a natural desire for them? Why do you think President Nelson has been inspired to ask us to take time away from social media? He really wants us to be able to reset our brain pathways so that we can desire to hear the word of the Lord. So my summary in 60 seconds or less, to create space for joy, for new habits, or for growth, we need to declutter and pull out the weeds that are meant to go. We need to allow space for the new to enter in. We have to see that we have this available time in order to set ourselves up for success. I hope you've been able to think of a few things that you can remove from your life to make room for the better, beautiful things that our Father in Heaven has to offer us, to make room for that joy to enter in. 
This is my prayer for you, and I hope you have great success with it. Remember, it's okay to let go. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Subscribe and share to keep these episodes coming. The content shared is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be used for diagnosing or treating a mental health problem.